0: Episode 51 of Strange Brow Radio. I'm your host, Tobe Johnson, and today's guest is going to be Alex Whitcomb. Up north in the Great White North, the Canadian North. North of me, about three hours. Well, he's farther than that. But we're going to have Alex on time to time, changing this from a strange brow to a strange brew, a la Doug McKenzie. I don't know if that's too big of a deep pull for anybody under 44, but uh, look it up. I'm sure you can IMDB it. The one thing you can't are these alchemy sound devices. Thank you again to our sponsor, Feral by Erin, E-R-Y-N, at the Etsy shop. Check it out. Also, the Manresa Castle in Port Townsend, Washington. A historic castle. Book a room now. Get your butt out to Manresa. All right, be right back with our guest in a minute, Alex Whitcomb in Canada. As I said, our guest today is Alex Whitcomb, who I've come to appreciate as far as not only as a person and an artist, he's a brilliant artist. Uh, his stories are very similar to everything, well, we've experienced. I don't know about you, but if you go back and listen to some of Alex's stories, there is a chance that perhaps there are some deep similarities between his case and your own, especially if you live in one of these skin twins, which I've talked about quite a bit lately. But this is a a year in summation, a year in review, and it's okay. We, we toss back a couple. We sat up here in the confides of our own little mutual establishment, me down in Washington, him up north in Canada, and uh, did a little beer review scene and let the chips fall where they may. So relax, enjoy yourself as you perhaps toss back your own version of whatever ails you. So without further ado, let's uh let's join Alex and myself as we slide on in to 2020. All right, I'm here with Alex Whitcomb. Thanks for being on the line with me today. Alex, good to talk to you.
1: Good to talk to you too. <laughs> good to be on.
0: All right, take three. All right, so Alex, <laughs> Alex wanted to uh, to join me. He was nice enough to join me after I asked him to come on the line here, and it's it's been a matter of time, I guess, for me to find somebody that I wanted to have join the show, and so Alex is going to be the first voice here that uh, I really want to have a a part of this show here and we don't really know the format of how this is going to work Alex you've got your own full-time job as a craftsman up in Canada but um, in between your jobs maybe late at night uh, as a segment or wherever this will point to um, I if we can work it out in our schedule I'd love to have you as a contributor so I appreciate you doing that man
1: I I am so I'm stoked. I'm stoked to be Frank, to be Frank. I'm (laughs) on it. You know, I, I really am like, no, I've been, uh, I've been, uh, diving into paranormal podcasts for what the last three years. And it has become like, uh, almost an integral part of my life. Um, it's, it's given me new, uh, new things to think about, um, new people to connect with, and like I, I just think it's it's so cool that you asked me. I was like, I, I, it's awesome.
0: And just so people know, you know, Alex has uh, he's been on a, a couple of more well-known shows than mine for sure. And I think that's how I I heard about you is through word of mouth or through just straight up listening to some of your episodes that uh you've been on including where did the road go and strange familiars but you know like i told you the other day if i you know had a long lost twin brother that was experiencing all of this strangeness (laughs) it's it's you know you for better or worse i I chose uh i chose you to uh to to point out and say
1: (laughs) just don't call me a skin twin man that's gonna get creepy
2: that is
0: that sounds like a it sounds it sounds like a magazine that you'd be guilty of looking. <laughs>
2: totally.
0: Do not pick up an ep or a, a magazine yeah. of uh, of skin twins in the June issue <laughs> especially.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: you can uh, see yeah, no.
1: I I yeah, I mean uh you and I have kind of gone through a lot of the same stuff, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And me more recently than you. I mean, I'm not a lifelong yeah. ex- experiencer of this stuff. I kind of, I really kind of chase this stuff down until it happened to me. You know, I, I call myself an ambulance chaser. And I finally right. got to the scene of, you know, something I couldn't look away from. And now my life, you know, people are kind of ambulance chasing my story. And I get it. I mean, I understand why they do it. It's a, a total adrenaline rush and it uh, changes your perspective from small to large so it's yeah. nice it's nice to hang out with people that get this kind of stuff and uh it
2: is. You know, yeah totally
0: right totally because yeah. I mean that, you, we yeah. have we have family right I mean I, I do I, certainly people close to us that just can't take another UFO or Bigfoot story and uh <laughs> You know, nope.
2: Nope. we gotta, you can't even take one of them. We only right, take one of them, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, yeah. for people that don't know your story, there. Well, before we do that, I mean, let me just let me be frank. The name of the show is Strange Brow for a reason. It was conceived in a little bar up the McKenzie River and uh, outside of Springfield, Oregon, in the town of Leeburg, Oregon, at a place called Ike's Pizza, and it was there after really my initial first Bigfoot outing with a river guide, that we stopped into this pizza parlor to get a pizza and some beer. And that's where the strange row really came from, was uh, meeting a Bigfoot witness behind the cash register at Ike's Pizza, a guy by the name of John Clinton, who saw a Sasquatch face-to-face somewhere in NorCal. I think he said he was probably about less than 16 inches from the face of a Sasquatch and he was he was following like a size 22 down the embankment seeing where it led so he had a really impressive encounter and um, but it began in a bar and I have German heritage and whether or not we're gonna say that I'm wrong for uh, saying the word Strange Brow instead of Strange Bra. I didn't want to name it after Strange Braziers. So I thought the English <laughs> vernacular would probably be better. So this was a, this was a podcast conceived in a bar. Um, it's always been that way. Every time I've done a live event, it's been on or near a pub. And it helps relax the mood for things that are usually kind of hard to talk about for a lot of people. Because believe it or not, there is a sense of uh, drama to being a witness, but, you know, we can't always take these things so seriously to the point where they drive us bonkers. And so tonight, Alex and I decided that we would bring the brow out of the house here. And um, we, we picked the some, brow back. <laughs> right. We pick some fine ales. Now you being a man from Canada are going to have uh, a, you know, a different ale, uh, compared to then what I will have I'm not even kind of I'm not sure what kind of beer guy you are but um I thought we would just take a moment here to talk about our initial brew choices here before we go down the rabbit hole so what what do you have lined yeah. up as your as your first okay. ale let's let's start with uh, ale number 1
1: Well actually let's start with the the brewery Mm -hmm. Because as as a driftwood artist, I thought it was very appropriate that as I should walk into my very limited small island store in terms of in terms of, uh, you know, ale selection, uh, the ones that would pop out to me uh, were driftwood brewery. So uh, uh, being a driftwood artist, I was like, yes, that's perfect. Uh, so I chose three from Driftwood Brewery. Uh, the first I am looking at is Arcus Pilsner.
0: Okay. Now, what is it about a pilsner you like so much? Did you pick it because oh, that's your, uh, you're a, you're a fan of pilsners, or did it have a I am.
1: I am a. Yeah. No, I'm a definite fan of pilsners.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: my go-to beers, my go-to beers are pilsners or light. Crisp, like flavorful lagers or um sour beers. I got into sour beers uh, mm-hmm. probably what like uh four years ago. Oh my god, a game changer! There, so <laughs> yeah, but uh, but uh, yeah, definitely go to our uh, our pilsners for sure.
0: And had you had this craft before?
1: I have not.
0: Okay, new experience.
1: My first sip. That is good.
0: All right. Describe what you're oh. drinking. Uh, are you right. uh, are you let down? Are you brought up? Is it taking you back to specific memories? Is it, you know, how taste and smells can do that? Uh, tell us. What I'm being shot. Is.
1: Shot with a, with a with a barley arrow through the heart here. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Arcus is actually the uh, Roman goddess of uh, archery, so
2: yeah, okay this is
1: damn this is damn good, yeah, for a Pilsner, it's like really fruity uh, got some sweet like not sweet uh in sweet but uh like awesome like citrus uh, overtones there uh, <laughs> yeah, very nice. I would drink this again for sure,
0: fantastic now what's the name of it again
1: uh-huh. Arcus Pilsner by
0: Driftwood Brewery. I wonder if that's something we can get locally here. Like I said, this may be something that it happens up north. And, of uh, course, having a Canadian on the line, being a fan of the McKinsey Brothers and Strange Brew, the original comedy, yeah. um, it only seemed right that a man in kokanee country would be here talking about,
1: uh, <laughs> about ale. <laughs> I was uh, I was originally thinking instead of uh, just getting uh, these three beers, just getting a six pack of coconut and uh, describing <laughs> them each
0: individually. Oh, Renee de would have been proud of you. Oh
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what are you drinking?
0: Okay, so um, I have. Have, you, have I, you
1: bought your first one?
0: Yeah. So I bought a six pack. Um, it was a, a mix match six-pack you know you can fill up a, a little brown six-pack uh container with any private ales you want here at the local fred Myers. do you guys have fred Myers up there
1: uh, you know, you no, know what a fred remember, Myers is yeah yeah well, i remember it from uh like commercials as a kid because we used to get like washington programming coming in from <laughs> okay uh, on our on our uh on our tv so uh, yeah,
0: yeah freddy's is like uh you know uh Upper crust Walmart I guess you'd call it as yeah. Cloth- clothing and beer and blah 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 so this is um, yeah. this one caught my eye it's a local brew from uh, Washington State here made in Redmond which is maybe about uh, 30 minutes outside of Port Orchard and it is black Raven Brewing Company and this is Ooh. quite appropriate here uh, the trickster IPA it's got a very pronounced raven on the <laughs> front and a in a black and lime green can so in honor of the trickster there you go we'll give this one a sip here Mm, it is uh it's good it's a it's an indian pale ale it's definitely now i am not a beer connoisseur to the point uh where i i know anything of what i'm talking about uh, at all i know that i don't like things that are over hoppy I really am a kokanee kind of guy or PBR kind of guy, you know, I, I can, I can toss a few of those back, but I'm trying here. And, um, these are, this is a very hoppy beer. Um, I've noticed more often than not that, uh, the ladies seem to like a more hoppy, darker beer. And, uh, so I don't know. Is that, uh, is that gender bias? What do you think about that theory?
1: Uh, I think we're going to have to get more studies on that. More data, more data. More data. <laughs> okay. All yeah. right. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: I'll,
1: uh, I'll go out to the local pub and okay. <laughs> see you. I'll get more data for us.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. I've, I've noticed that. And, uh, so maybe as I, I drink a more hoppy beer, you'll hear my voice change slowly. We'll see how that works. Uh, Cause I've got a couple yeah. here on the shelf. Cool. Well, you know, and this is called Trickster, right? And that's the, the brand that jumped yeah. jumped out at me. And you know, a thing or two about the Trickster and S and so do I. I'm i busily trying to put the last chapters of, uh, the Al Moon book together. And, uh, this is something that I, I have to touch on, but you know, what do you think about, the? Uh, the trickster name as itself. Do you think it's an appropriate name for the type of phenomena that you've observed or what's your opinion
1: on that? I think it is a very appropriate name. It <laughs> What it doesn't, there's, there's no, it doesn't do what you expect. Like you, you'll go out and, and uh interact with it try to interact with it the other whatever you want to call it and things will just throw you for loops just mm-hmm. loops. and there's often like it's very hard to find like meaning in it like in a uh in a bring it down to earth sense and like yeah, I mean, some of these things are just like, well, well
2: <laughs>
1: what the hell does this mean? And it's so it, it's so loopy sometimes. It's so trickster. Um, yeah, I think right. it's a very very appropriate. Yeah,
0: it's almost like it's um, time sensitive too. Like it, the tumblers inside the lock haven't quite figured themselves out yet. The time isn't right. So you can't really figure out what these things mean until until a certain time. Do you agree with that?
1: I've had quite a few instances of that as well. Yeah, for sure. Where it's just like, okay, what the hell just happened? Mm -hmm. And then, Mm -hmm. like later on, later on, you know, years and years down the road, uh, an event, an encounter, an experience comes along and it just like rolls right back to that experience and and makes a little more sense doesn't make like perfect sense or anything like that it just like makes a little more sense Mm -hmm. yeah 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 Yeah, my uh yeah the the impossible fly number two was uh (laughs) was one of those experiences i mean that that what was that like oh hell that was probably 10 12 years after the fact where I fought, where I saw impossible fly number one and then number two comes along and it's like, Whoa. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, and let's see here now you can go back to uh, I'm on my website right now and I'm trying to look up the episode that you actually talk about there. Uh, the impossible fly number one, that's episode 39. I don't have it queued up here when you're, we were specifically talking about that, but if people want to hear yeah. Alex's story regarding fly one and two episode 39 and uh, there you will find it. And you probably talked about it on some other podcast along the way. Yeah. 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 So you've had stuff recently happen. And so have I, I guess what people should know, I don't mind telling them, I don't think you do. Um, is that no, we, we kind of all keep in touch offline, usually via email or, or messenger. And generally it's just like checking in with weirdness, uh, on our property. And, uh, lately there's been a, definitely a few things around here. In fact, um, just about an hour ago after I got home, uh, we have a giant piece of driftwood, which is interesting and um, it's like an upside down letter L and it's kind of stabbed inside of a punky st- stump. So it uh, was facing the L part that was up in the air was facing the cabin. We have these little private trails in the backyard. There's five acres here. So there's some trails and I had, a, you know, the specific part of this driftwood pointed towards the house. It's about uh, six feet up in the air. And it's it was kind of a semi-tight fit inside this punky log. You could twist it. But I wanted to see if something would move this. It almost looked like a, a real estate sign hanging off the, the trail minus the for sale sign. And um, it had moved a good 30 degrees pointed towards the cedar forest now. I don't have any explanation for that. It's not windy in the back area here Mm. enough to blow a piece of driftwood like this. Now we've had other pieces of driftwood tossed about on the property as well. One time uh, Aaron came home and found a piece of driftwood in the front yard that was extremely heavy, probably, you know, it looked like a surfboard about as tall and as wide and as thick and it had been thrown or moved a good eight feet uh, from. Oh, wow its position out in the middle of the yard. There was a kiddie pool within the last month that was taken out from underneath my trailer and drug out to the middle of the yard, a good five or six feet. And you've had stuff too. What uh, do you mind telling folks the weirdness that's happened to you over the last month?
1: Yeah. Well on the, on the driftwood, uh, on the driftwood note, um, So where I'm living at now is uh, 23 acres. Uh, I'm renting a small cabin. Landlord lives on the property um, and he's got a separate, like mobile home, four bedroom mobile home uh, for his uh, uh, students. Uh, He's a uh, bicycle mechanic and he teaches uh, international students how to fix bikes. So they usually reside in that mobile home and they've, you know, they've been here for the past couple of months uh, since I've been here. Uh, but for the past week uh, nobody's been in the mo- mobile home and it's been locked. Um, uh, my landlord actually gave me a key. He's like, okay, yeah, we're going to lock it up now because no one's there. So he hasn't been in there um, and I go in to do my laundry. And, uh, so I go in to do my laundry. I unlock the door. Um, I throw my laundry in and kind of forgot about it for a day or so. And okay, well, I gotta go, uh, gotta go, um, throw it in the dryer. Uh, when I come back in, unlock the door and there's this chunk of driftwood sitting in front of the um in front of the uh dryer right there and i know it wasn't there because i'm a driftwood guy i know driftwood i see driftwood i take notice of driftwood and it was not there beforehand so this is in a locked house and it's just like sitting right there and it's not one of my pieces of driftwood either because like i know i'm a driftwood artist i i I select my pieces of driftwood, right? I I know every one of them, and this was not one of mine. So it was just uh, <laughs> it was just sitting there in a locked house, just showed up. Yeah, yeah. And I asked the landlord, and he's like, "Oh, I haven't been in there." Like, wait, you know, we start talking about pol- poltergeist stuff, and <laughs> yeah. So that's I mean that's one of them. Um, oh, I've had other weird stuff. Um,
0: but what's cracking oh, me on. up about this, Alex, is just how uh, innocuous these things are. As far as explaining yeah. explaining it to people that don't have this phenomena going on,
2: <laughs> I mean, it's it,
0: yeah. it, it sounds ridiculous that I'm talking about you know kitty pools and you're talking about pieces of driftwood. And I know, um, <laughs> I know, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's uh i i come at it as uh, i i approach it with like a very like hey uh you wouldn't happen to know how this you know piece of driftwood got in here i don't i don't start out like oh my god the poltergeist are active you know there's a a piece of driftwood yeah so uh (laughs) yeah it is like from an outsider's uh, perspective it's just like yeah Yeah. so (laughs) must have been must have been one of the other guys you know no 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 you don't understand
2: man (laughs) yeah
0: i mean there's things that i'm not even gonna ever talk about on air because they're so wackadoodle and they're just kind of Ah, like they're they're almost weirdly private and they sound so bizarro and maybe slightly offensive that i'd just be like I just can't say that. <laughs> I'm just not. I'm not. I'm. I'm not ready. And I mean, you've gotten a couple of texts with me, including pictures. Like, uh, you ever see this before? And you're like, uh, Yeah, no. Uh, yeah. No. Uh, no. So
1: yeah. And um, say, uh, by the way, thank you for using that term because that's that's my term, wackadoodle. Right. I, that's my long. It's my long form for woo. Okay. So yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I use that term constantly.
0: You know, we share five acres here with an old cowboy and he's lived here on this particular plot of land as a renter and then eventually there was a house or a cabin put in front of his rental house and so the renter still is here lives here and then our house is on the property and he rents from us but um you know he has some unusual habits here which i thought were maybe a little bit indicative of him being a witness to the phenomena and being an old cowboy maybe not willing to talk about it so one of the things that would happen because periodically i leave if people think i'm not recording here you got to be crazy because when i recorded down at cottage grove it was uh, never ever an issue with the phenomena they whatever was going on, Sasquatch and all the other madness, did not mind us uh, recording. And I don't, th- I don't think they particularly mind it here. Um, you know, Erin knows that she has the phenomena going on on her property because she's an experiencer. She's had mushrooms tossed at her while she's out here uh, feeding the horses and found, you know, braided manes and such. So there's reason alone to think that it's going on. And there's other witnesses down the road that get, you know, giant rocks stuck inside their fence and things like that. Ooh. So um, the renter will come out kind of, you know, religiously at one thirty in the morning. And at first we didn't really know this was the renter because what happened is usually around one twenty nine to one thirty one in the morning. We'll hear this really rough, gruff-sounding voice, like our renter, saying the words rat-rat. And he will scream out rat-rat in this rough, gravelly, you know, uh, cowboy voice.
1: How far away is, uh, is he from me? there?
0: Well, he's, um, you know, I could probably throw a frisbee pretty hard and he could catch it kind of deal.
2: Okay. Yeah, yeah, so
0: he's probably maybe... 55 yards up the driveway and he's, he's facing us though. So when he stands out on his balcony and he, you know, is calling for his two dogs, um, Mutt and Jeff, you'll definitely hear that. But, um, something that sounded like him at one 30 in the morning was screaming the words rat, 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 rat. rat." Yeah. So, (laughs) Finally I worked up uh the courage when I was mowing his front section of his yard. I said, Hey, you know, uh, you wouldn't be happy to get up at one thirty in the morning and screaming the <laughs> words rat rat, would you? And he <laughs> he kind of looked at me and was like, uh he, he he took a he took a beat and he said, Yeah, I do that once in a while. I've got a cat, a feral cat, and I call him and the, you know, bring him inside or feed him when it's cold. And I thought, okay, well, the cat's name is Roscoe, right? It's not Rat Rat. So I was like, I don't know, man. I mean, maybe, maybe it is him, right? And and a couple times, I I confirmed the fact that indeed he does stand out there at one thirty in the morning and call Rat Rat. Like he he wasn't lying. Yeah. He definitely does that. However, I've recorded a couple times this renter's voice in our backyard um, saying the word cookie. And it's definitely someone up close to the microphone w- using his voice saying the word cookie. And it sounds just like the cookie monster, right? Like, you know, a gravelly, it sounds like, you know, Sesame Street Perfect. episode. And the only person that yells cookie out here is when we're on one of our little nature walks with the pugs and one of their rewards is they get a cookie you know at the end of their walk so something something sound like it was accessing using mimicking uh this renter's voice yelling cookie and um i I don't know do you you have any similar stories like that
1: uh heck yeah uh (laughs) hope for sure uh when uh, me and my friend went out into Hope and had all our crazy, bizarre experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, I was in camp. He was 300 feet away. And he broke one of our uh, rules for being out there is no whoops, hollering, or wood knocks. And he does some whoops. And within minutes, uh, yeah, shit went down. Uh, he ended up getting chased, but one of the things was, um, like pretty much right after that, I don't know, a couple minutes, uh, he heard my voice 30 feet away from him, but I'm like three, 350 feet away in camp. I'm sitting by the fire. Right. But he heard my voice right there saying over here or something like that. And he was specifically like, because he heard this chatter that we've been hearing, he heard it like 15 feet away after he did the, the whoops. He's like, Oh man. He, he turns around. And he's like, oh, I got to go tell Alex. Mm-hmm. And then like 30 feet, 30 feet away, he hears my voice. So he runs toward there and that, that's when the shit really started to happen. So yeah, this, this mimicry is, uh, ah, it's so interesting. It's so interesting. Oh man. Uh, yeah. So that's, 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 that's my experience with, uh, with the whole mimicry thing.
0: Yeah. And I don't really don't know of a single case of anybody witnessing mimicry happen. Um, you know, I interviewed a guy, a young kid, actually, if anybody wants to go on my Facebook page under strange brow radio, you'll see a link to the first Bigfoot and beer we did uh, with Finding Bigfoot, episode one. And one of the first witnesses to stand up in the town hall at Ike's Pizza was a young witness named Eric. And Eric tells this incredible story about standing out front of uh, his trailer waiting with his sister for the school bus to arrive. And it must have been about seven in the morning or something like that. And he hears a turkey, and he's certain, you know, there's turkeys around there, that there is a turkey in the bush getting ready to walk out of the brush. And him and his sister watch a Sasquatch walk across the road doing a turkey call. And it's just walking walking right in front of them, doing a turkey sound. It walks over the fence in front of, like, one of the little Airbnb resorts that they had on the McKenzie, walks uh, through the Christmas tree farm area, and they both hop on the school bus and don't say a word until and don't know,
2: say a word yeah
0: yeah yeah so um i had a chance to go back to the spot with him and kind of do a recreation of events and and talk to his mom and you know she was uh utterly convinced that this was a child that doesn't make up anything and let alone his sister with him but um yeah, yeah i mean and the sounds and nature are one thing. And, I mean, we can do that. But as far as like doing the, yeah. the whole minor bird routine or, yeah, it's pretty. Or
1: mechanical Im- noises.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you know uh, about those?
1: But, but, well, um, again, hope. I'm I'm convinced that all of those bashes, crashes, bangs, the whole uh, quote-unquote train crash, whatever the heck that was, uh, the, the metallic grinding noises that was going on after I got Colin back to camp. I, that, I, I'm so convinced that that was not, um, actual like train people out there doing work on the railroad or whatever, you know, it was, it was, no. I mean, you could, you
2: could, you're, you're, you were
0: way out there too, Alex. I mean, you, I mean,
1: for this this sound to
0: exist where you were was an impossibility.
1: Well, it wasn't an impossibility. (laughs) Um, Yes. Okay. There could have been a train accident. Uh, There could have been workers coming up and grinding the rails or whatever, uh, but you can literally like see the train tracks. It's 300 feet. There's a few trees in the way. Um, any light, like you could see the trains going by, right. You can see the, mm-hmm. you can see the lights. I was like, I was looking like when those grinding noises were happening, I could not see anything. There was, there was like no lights whatsoever. And, oh, wow. And then, um, like when, when, uh, when I finally went to bed within, within hitting, you know, hitting my head to the pillow, Mm -hmm. um, the grind, well, the duck noise, the duck chatter started up again and then the grinding noise. And this was like up river where the train tracks weren't. Mm -hmm. And then these bashes, crashes, bangs were happening all around. Like they weren't happening over at the train track. They were like happening to the left to the right to the, like, all around me. So but <laughs> it's uh that convinced me that no, these these aren't uh that wasn't that wasn't uh actual physical noises being created by humans. Right. Especially like prior prior to each of those noise events, mm-hmm. I heard the duck chatter. So it was like We're on the body, and then and then the noise would start. So yeah.
0: That's a really good
1: impression. <laughs> I've been working on it.
0: <laughs> I don't know if it reminds me of a duck as much as it reminds me of uh, some uh, Android Star Wars kind of noise that it reminds
1: I'd, me. I yeah yeah. Later mm-hmm. on, I was like, oh my god, that sounds like the Goblin alien mm-hmm. from Rick and Morty. <laughs> I don't know if you watch that, but
0: yeah, yeah. The uh, the the mechanical sounds. Um, we're also, well, I shouldn't call this a mechanical sound. One of the sounds that I never really talked about or had a chance to really focus on or even play for anybody, but I will, um, coming up with this book, focus in on it. Um, is this rolling granite on granite or sliding of, of rock on rock sound. And, um, I wish I had some of it queued up right now. I could probably do it here. If we go to break, I'll try to queue up some of this. But um, it uh, it sounded like Bela Lugosi rising from his tomb. It had that really creepy, you know. Uh, cri- yeah, like a hollow yeah. granite tomb sliding open, but maybe rolling uh, once in a yeah. while. And we could never pinpoint yeah. where that was coming from. And I, i would never found anybody else uh, who had heard a sound like this. Now, why do I think it was uh, supernatural or paranormal or an EVP? Well, because on one occasion I actually heard it with my own ears. I didn't record it. Mm. Um, I was sleeping in the backyard where the T post had been bent and um, we knew that most likely, Sasquatch more than one. I think was coming in and off of Daryl's property, and I would lay out in a zero gravity chair, just w- waiting with headphones on uh, for mainly the dogs to erupt in the valley. And uh, then I heard it, and I knew that it was uh, it was something I'd heard on recorder only. But I tried to pinpoint where that could have possibly come from. And it just made no sense if I were to actually kind of maybe guess where that sound was coming from, which is even kookier, was in the shop, the metal shop, that there was something behind me in this giant 18 foot tall metal shop, uh, opening and closing. And yeah. what, it wasn't yeah. any, anything in the inventory, that's for sure, but you know, we had recorded all sorts of sounds and out there. You run
1: through the inventory, right? Like,
2: yeah. I, I'm always
1: like, when I when I experience these things, I'm like, okay, let's go for the rational explanation first. Let's run mm-hmm. through the inventory here. What do we yeah. got? Okay, it could be this, it could be that, it could be this, and then like sooner or later, you run out of stuff,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it's <laughs> like, well, okay. I guess the only (laughs) other explanation,
2: Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. That that happened with the
1: shower shower curtain the other day, the, the shower rung. I was, uh, I had just been, uh, well, I've been working my ass off in December trying to get all these, uh, Christmas commissions done. And, uh, Finally, got them done and I treated myself. I'm like, okay, I'm going to treat myself to a nice long shower. It's like the day after I got the last commission done, I go in the shower. I'm just like, oh, I was like letting it all go, right? Letting it all go. And so I'm I'm, uh, in there for about uh, probably eight to 10 minutes and I'm just letting the water just like scroll down the back of my neck. Uh, enjoying it, and then one of the shower plastic shower run, rungs just like swings itself at my feet. I don't see this. I'm looking down, and it just like Todidink! right in front of my feet. I'm like, what the hell? So I look up, and yeah, okay, these shower rungs can come off every mm-hmm. once in a while, but they don't come like they either stay on the the shower uh, rod. Right. or the shower curtain and they don't fall off like 10 minutes into the shower so i spent the next five minutes in the shower <laughs> trying to like recreate this right right i'm just like ah.
2: <laughs>
1: so i'm trying to like recreate this and i'm like balancing it okay well if so it was balanced just right no no it would just stay there it would just stay there and i i couldn't I could not do it. I could not recreate this. So that kind of, and even if it fell down, straight down, like from where it was, it would have landed behind my feet, not in front of my feet. So
0: right, right.
1: I'm chalking that one up to, to uh, a non-rational explanation.
0: Okay. You know, let's, uh, I want to switch it up here and ask you what you think the biggest, uh, bullshit uh, report is as far as uh, maybe either g- getting much ado about nothing or everybody thinks it's BS. Huh. What, what, which one really blows your mind that it got any attention at all? But you think is just utter crap.
1: Biggest bullshit report. Yeah. Like what oh do- man, the the one that sticks out. I like I constantly go back to Blinky, man. <laughs> Okay. Sylvanic. Uh, uh, Todd standing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I just. I. F- you know, I just looked at that. And I'm like, oh no, 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 no. Come on, man.
0: Fraggle Rock yeah. material. I think you said it was like. A, yeah.
1: Uh, right. Yeah. What do they ca- call it? An Eskimo muppet or something? Like- yeah. I just. I don't know. <laughs> right. That to me just reeks. Reeks. Whole bit, whole, I mean, whole you
0: know, it'd be really awkward as if it wasn't, and there was actually a variety of frago Rock Eskimo Squatches out there. That'd be a really interesting angle. I mean, that would be a very interesting. <laughs> 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 yes, yeah, it
1: would. I mean, after yeah.
0: the year, two years <laughs> I've had, I don't know what to say anymore.
1: <laughs> well, I've never actually seen one, have you? No. But, uh, yeah, yeah. To me, the whole, the whole blinking video thing, it just, uh, no, 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 no.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to have to, I don't, I don't question that, you know, I mean, I'm sure Todd has had some experiences, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I think it's, it's kind of a Stan thing with him. Um, just, you know, he's, had some experiences and now he's just like just churning out, churning out, trying to, trying to keep the ball rolling.
0: Right. But, I mean, it's kind of, you know, chasing the dragon. I think legitimately, yeah. typic- typically guys, you know, they have these legitimate encounters or sightings and they chase the dragon of the phenomena and they get to a point just like, well, how much do I really want to prove this, show this, you know, that I'm capable of Hunting down this mystery, I, I think it gets to that um. point, and um, I don't know anything beyond that about him. Uh, I can make a few guesses. There was a there was a guy on. Uh, Here's my biggest bullshit uh, encounter story. Was uh, yeah, go for it. Yeah. I'm gonna say part two of Mel Waters, Mel's whole story. Now, if anybody knows Mel Waters. Uh, then they'll know uh, the story I'm about to tell. Do you know the story of Mel's Hole, Alex? I don't. Oh, oh mate, Mel's
1: Hole with the with the deep hole.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So.
2: Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. I so do. P- part one, or right? Part was uh, if anybody doesn't know, you can look it up on YouTube. Just type in Mel's Hole, H O L E, not W H O L E, and it's about a guy that calls in Art Bell, circa like 1998 or something like that. And uh, he tells this incredible story about living near Ellensburg, Washington. And I think it's called the Hammond Stash Ridge. And he buys this property and finds that uh, there's this giant hole that he's also bought along with his property. And it's been known for years that people can basically throw anything they want, even garbage, whatever, and drop it down this endless hole. And it just we kind of became this known dumping ground. Well, the, it goes on from there and uh, ends up that Mel ends up losing his house due to like Men in Black scenario. The satellites basically blot out any existence of his house during the Microsoft, you know, Terra Map uh, situation back in the early 90s before Google Maps. Anyway, after he loses his first hole... He finds these uh, group of Bast Indians in the Nevada area that befriend him and learn about uh his interview on Art Bell, and they say, Hey, we have a hole too. And so this is the part that I had trouble with is that uh if he nobody's heard this, you gotta just fast forward uh all your woes. Hole number two. Go to hole number two, and there comes yeah. a part where Mel Waters drops. Him and the Bast Indians knock out a goat, right? They, they, they use a goat as basically a testing object to see what would happen if you lowered something living down this other giant hole that had these mysterious qualities. Like it would shoot a giant black beam out of it uh, that was the opposite of a light beam. Like there would be a black beam that would shoot out of the hole. And, um, all these other interesting things. So they, they knock out a goat, they put it in a wooden crate and they drop it down the hole and they bring the goat back up. And, um, the goat is, uh, kind of groggy cause it just got bonked in the head. First of all, and now it's been lowered in this weird hole and the Bast Indians decide that they're going to uh, put it out of its misery. And so I think that they do that. And, uh, Then they open up the goat and they find inside the goat a giant tumor. And this tumor has something attached to it. Like all of a sudden this goat has been infected with some kind of cancerous tumor that is lengthwise as long as it is wide inside the belly of this goat. I don't know why they excised it so quickly or how they found out, but they're all doing this on scene and Mel is telling this story on air. What it gets better at one point, he says that the tumor has a baby uh, seal attached to the tumor. Now, he describes it as a seal, like oh, a baby seal, like yeah, like a little sea lion that uh, is kind of like <laughs> in it's, and it's like in a little pupa state, right? Like a, a little baby seal. And he says this thing squirming out outside of the tumor trying to get away. So the Bast Indians and him pick it up and they put it on a picnic table and the thing looks up at them with knowing eyes, human knowing eyes and it's studying them. And, uh, Mel grabs the seal and puts it on the edge of the hole and the thing drops down into the hole and disappears. And, uh, that was just a bridge too far for me. And there, there goes
2: your
0: evidence. <laughs> right. There right. You. Yeah. So that one for me, right. although I love the story and I love Todd's uh, it, st- standing story yeah. too. they you know, these are incredible stories and here I'm telling, you know, incredible story. You're telling incredible story. We're asking people to believe in our baby seals, our fragile rocks. And it, I'm telling you, it's making yeah. me harder. It's making me way harder to be an asshole it's just it's, <laughs> i have to i have to double down on my efforts.
1: Well, i actually got called out on where did the road go for for being a red flag story. Uh i think it was uh, uh Ren Collier was on, uh i think Joshua Cutchin and Soraya asked like okay, out of all the stories you've ever heard, what's your red flag story? And uh and Ran goes yeah it was that uh the guy who had you know his him and his buddy were out in that hope and he got chased and blah 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 and then he says, and you know at the first telling, it was it was it was like, oh no, this is just like way too you know no it's way too dramatic, it's way too over the top and uh but then the one thing he noted was that we went into the shop. Of Jason Horsley's wife, so the thrift store there, and he's like, he's like, when I heard the story retold on 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 Strange Familiars, I caught that it was Jason Horsley's wife who owns a thrift store in town, and then all of a sudden that thing just went full blown kelian. And like okay, yeah, it went from red flag to like okay, yeah, this is (laughs) whoa. So yeah, I I under I understand being called out on that bullshit story. Nope. Did I lose you? You there? Are you there now? Yeah, I'm
0: here. Okay. Sorry about that. No, I had, I accidentally, I didn't unmute myself. So wait a second. I was listening to everything you said here, but I just had it Oh muted. yeah. Um, yeah, you're, yeah. You're saying while you were on the air, you were on with another guest, and did they call you out while you were on with them as being? No, I was.
1: I wasn't on the air. I actually sent my story in to uh, to uh, where did the road go? Gotcha. And, uh, they read them on air. Okay. Yeah. And then I then I did a subsequent like live inter- mm-hmm. uh, uh, interview with uh, Tim Renner, okay. and that's where that's where it kind of shifted for them because I, I threw in this last minute detail. I didn't even think it was a right a, a, a detail like Jason Horsley. Like um, I just threw that in there, and Tim Renner didn't know who he was, and I barely knew who Jason Horsley was, but. Joshua Cutchin and and Ren Collier were like, oh,
2: yeah,
1: you don't know Jason Orsley? Oh, like holy shit! Man. <laughs> like, okay, this 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 went from like, okay, this is <laughs> this is legit now.
0: Okay, okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, I I've dealt with that a little bit myself. Uh, you know, there's been uh, it, yeah, a couple people that have really taken me to the woodshed in their own little trollish. Way, but for the most part, um, you know the last interview that I did with our anonymous guest sarah I, I the most response I got from that interview, and I kind of I expected it, and so did she. I will tell people that there were some attributes of what she was describing that when you talk to you know extended experiencers long enough there's certain things that they focus in on that may not seem like a big deal. But once you get Uh talking to enough people, you tend to go, okay, you know, they gain credibility when they start focusing in on these nuances. And and she was doing that with me. That's why I put her on the air there. So um, anyway, I haven't heard back from Sarah in a while yet. We'll see what becomes of interview number two. Um, I don't know anything more about the property. I know that there's some videos and some pictures that I've been privy to. Uh, we we spoke a little bit about the levitation picture where she was describing being kind of right. moved and levitated. Uh, all I can tell you, anybody listening about the idea of levitating or floating uh, or moving up off the surface and suddenly becoming uh allergic to gravity that there's something to that <laughs> <laughs> there is something to that that's all I'll say um but yeah. yeah um these these things happen and it's hard for people to wrap their mind around them when they don't happen to them because they feel like they you know even the most woo flute playery type uh if when they don't have those kind of experiences um, they feel a little bit like, well, if I can't do it, how in the world can this crackpot do it? You know? And it's just like, well, you don't choose how this stuff works.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's the, that's the whole trickster element right there is mm-hmm. just, it's so random. It, or it seems so random. Like, well, why, why did this happen to me? You know? Right. Right. I, I have no idea why, mm-hmm. you know, the whole alien you know, bedroom, mm-hmm. bedroom visitor thing happened to me. I really don't know, and I I still don't know. Right? You know, maybe, I'll, I'll, maybe I'll never know, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> and and some people are so like, oh, you know, they're just be like, oh my god, I, you know, mm-hmm. kill for that experience. I'm like, <laughs> is it careful what you wish for, man. <laughs> right? Like, this is not it's not a pleasant thing. It's it's certainly it's certainly life changing and it certainly opens your eyes up and
2: mm-hmm. widens your
1: perspective but it's it's uh wow yeah um uh, it's not for the faint of heart
2: for sure
0: Well let's uh let's pause for the cause here. I know that we've got a a couple I've got one more ale that I I wanted to review and then I wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh your place in the show here and what we I want to accomplish uh, when you're on here. So we will uh, be right back with my good Canadian friend, Alex Whitcomb. Don't go anywhere. Well, as I said, coming up on January 4th, 2020 at the historic and most likely haunted Manresa Castle from 7 to 10 or maybe later... We will be doing our PodCastle Live. So what is that? Well, it's a free event where I interview a witness of my choice, an experiencer of my choice. In this case, the talented lovely and experienced paranormal researcher, that is, Mary Bethune, will be live on stage with me and you could be nestled in. There's actually two fireplaces that you could nestle around. There's nestling and a lot of nestling involved at Manresa Castle. So come nestle. If you'd like to find out more, well, God bless you. You can do that at strangebrowradio.com and you can find out more. There's a link to our podcast, Alive, where to go, and how to be plugged in. But let's say, well, I live in Berlin, Germany. I cannot make it. I live in Australia. I can't make it. These accents will come and go at my own will You can't make it, but you still want to watch the show Well, you know, you can sign up for patreon.com forward slash strangebrowradio And when we do our podcast live, which will be every other month And I'm sure we'll offer more than that It's your chance to watch the show Because that's where we put those live feed links And the recorded links to such events not always, but for our podcast Alive, we do. So it's a lot of fun. It helps support the show, and it spreads the word about an important spot, Manresa Castle, in Port Townsend, Washington. They've got a fantastic bar. Like, if they got really good specialty drinks, not joking around. I myself just like a pint of Guinness. But if that's your your thing, then come to order your thing. They got a good menu, they got uh, fantastic tapas plates. We got the pork belly. Maybe you're a vegetarian, you don't want pork belly. Well, they've got vegetarian op- uh, options as well. If not, there's a grocery store across the parking lot. Help yourself. <laughs> then come on back and have a good time. Again, that's January 4th, 2020 at the historic Manresa Castle in Port Townsend, Washington, every other month. January, March, May, July, and probably September. Definitely October. There's a huge Halloween party. So look it up. It's where we are when we do our live events right now, and I'd love to meet some of you and uh, have a feeling uh, we'll have a good time together. All right, now back to our show. All right, we are... Back again with my good friend Alex, and I have chosen a lighter beer here. You said that you picked out a Pilsner, correct? I did. All gone now. All right, so that's what. uh, What do you got? That's what I picked out. I picked out something by Rogue Ale, and Rogue is out of Newport, Oregon, I believe. They're known best for their brand Dead Guy, but. It's a strong, hoppy mix. And um, so this is a pilsner brewed with Oregon spruce tips. It is their yellow snow pilsner. It is, uh, it's got a picture of a Labrador retriever uh, peeing on a yellow bank of snow. And it is their yellow snow mix. So um, we'll give this one a try here. Oh my goodness, not a fan. That wow! You drink oh. that all you drink that all the time.
1: <laughs> well, I don't drink yellow snow all the time.
0: Eh? <laughs> oh my goodness, that definitely has it has uh, the taste of asparagus.
2: <laughs> Let's put it that oh, way. Oh <laughs> okay. Wow. It right. definitely has
0: <laughs> the spruce tip. It has the frothy spruce tip. That it, uh, let me, let me try it. Now, let me be fair here. Let me do one more sip here. I will, I, you know, I don't want to lose a rogue sponsorship. So if that's a possibility here, <laughs> maybe let's go for number two.
1: Yeah, yeah, second sip there.
0: Boy, you know, I don't know. I'd, I'd, after having a Bud Light, I, I just would prefer something a little bit more. Uh, down, the, down the middle of the road. So that one, I, I would not buy a six-pack of that uh, again. So
1: here's the question. Here's the question. Are, are you going to smell uh, asparagus when you pee?
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm going to smell like <laughs> the produce department. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What do you got?
1: All right. Ah, my next is called Naughty Hildegard. Okay, and this was actually named after uh, what is that? Uh, I guess that would be 11th century uh, nun.
0: Okay, uh, Yeah, uh,
1: uh, I don't know why they named her Naki though, because uh, apparently Hildegard was quite the uh, she was quite quite the quite the nun. Um, Renaissance before Renaissance. Um. Yeah, and apparently she was one of the f- the first to discover that hops actually um, preserved beer and produced the desired effects like calmness and and
2: yeah.
0: Wow. Okay. So, A lot of detail it there. Is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Hildegard von Bingen. Oh, oh well, no. Uh,
0: yeah, let me. I think I can help you with that. I think it's Hildegard von Bingham.
1: Yeah, Bingen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, and she, she, Bennett, Bennett, Benedictine Abbess. Yeah.
0: Right. And I think she was. Uh, she actually. There's music out related to her. I've heard it before.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, go ahead. I have
0: not heard
1: I have not heard the music, but uh, apparently she's quite the thing. I would not know of her uh, had I not picked up this beer. And, uh, <laughs> this is, I, again, this is from Driftless Brewery uh, from Victoria. Um, I gotta say, the art, like, is amazing on these cans. Uh, whoever the graphic designer is, uh, is, just like, knock it out of the park. Okay. Uh, and, and the and the beer is really good too.
0: And again, this is an. Oh, you've had this ale before?
1: No, I have not. No. Okay. Mix it up.
0: All right. Yeah, so. so Naughty
1: Hildegard, uh, extra special bitter. There we go. All right. Mm.
0: What do you rate I it? You. I could
1: have two of these. I could have two of
0: these. Okay. Would you order? A, um, would you get a pint of it? Is the question?
1: I would definitely get a pint of it. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is very hoppy because mm-hmm. obviously Hildegard mm-hmm. is a uh, few hopsters. <laughs> so it is very hoppy.
2: Um,
1: but it's it's totally balanced with like lots of lots of really nice fruit. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll send you one down in the package. I'll
2: send okay. Some
1: stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'll grab one for you.
0: Perfect. Well, okay, let's talk a little bit about Alex in the future, and uh, we, we. Well, hang we, on. I uh, wait, wait, wait,
1: wait, wait.
2: Okay, All I right. got
1: something. To, I I I want to bring up something because uh, okay. the turkey sasquatch. Okay. Um, brought something up for me. Where you said, uh, yeah, this this was like one of the encounters that people were actually witnessing mimicry um with the pops, the bangs, the knocks that you experienced. You've never witnessed those.
2: Have you?
0: Okay, so we've never saw a piece of wood slam into a piece of wood. We never saw the magnet balls that we had laid out flat on the garage floor and the seams of this, you know, cement floor collide together and make that really distinctive sizzle magnet sound. We never yeah. saw the gravel moved as, moved as something cloaked and walked past us in the gravel. That is true. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, <clears throat> when you, uh, <clears throat> you talked about the turkey sasquatch there, uh, turksquatch, <laughs> uh, it uh, reminded me of a time where I saw a pop um this was after the hope experience and i think this was i think this was actually directly after colin and i were sitting in the campfire sitting around the campfire one night and we both saw a shadow move across the house in front of a lit window and then disappear off the side of the house uh, and the day after I was emailing my friend and I was sitting down at the kitchen table and I was emailing my friend about the experience and the headlamp that I had given Colin uh, during the hope experience was, was sitting on the kitchen table. Um, I don't know, like three feet away from me on the corner. Mm-hmm. As I, as I was emailing my friend about this shadow, the i hear a pop bang not a pop bang but a push and it had a pop quality but it was also a bang and i look like right up from my ipad and i see my headlamp eight inches above the table and then come back down again so my headlamp had actually like popped off the table eight mm-hmm. inches and rocketed back down again so i've actually like seen this like pop experience yeah so, so i don't the, know if it's did you see, to did, did you see the actual
0: pop. you see how the headlamp like fall and and move at the same moment you saw the whole act happen.
1: I didn't see it rise.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I saw it mid rise, right? Because it was, it was just like bang pop. Right. And that obviously like drew my attention and I look and it's in mid air and it goes up a bit and then slaps back down to the table and Obviously, I'm like thinking rationally. I'm like, okay, well, Mm -hmm. check it. You know, maybe the batteries that exploded or something, but it was absolutely fine.
0: I think the closest we we ever came to that was, uh, and I was just uh, writing about this, uh, so it's fresh in my mind. The closest we ever came to that was a moment where Daryl and I were uh, listening and watching for sounds on my laptop in this uh shop of his where it was kind of the epicenter of things and we had the 18 foot tall bay doors closed and my jeep was parked outside with the trunk open and as i had my headphones on and was listening to sounds i think daryl was surfing the web and he turned his head real quickly to the left and i saw that he had heard something. So I said, what's up? And he goes, didn't you hear that? And I said, no. And he goes, there's a really loud pop, uh, like a, a big one. And I said, okay, well,
2: yeah.
0: you know, maybe a, cause it's a metal shop, right? Heat expands and, yeah. and cracks yeah, know, and it's, right? it's summer. And I was like, you know, once in a while we heard those sounds, but, um, yeah. he goes, we knew those sounds were totally different because they were not nearly as loud and uh, disorienting as these other sounds. So I trusted him, but I didn't know what to do with it. And I knew that uh, we had a a shit ton of audio we had to get through. And so I'm listening away, blah, blah, blah. I think I'm only there for 24 hours, maybe max before I have to head back to Washington. And um, so uh, his neighbor, Rin, shows up and Rin, is, uh, he's a really cool dude. He's, he's new on the scene to Cottage Grove. He just happened to show up at one of our live events. Um, you know, he used to be in a really big, uh, rock and roll band and, uh, he's been there, done that kind of dude, probably in his, you know, early thirties. And, uh, he happened to live, you know, less than a mile from Daryl. Well, Ren also worked for Lloyd Pye and also worked for, um, Uh, oh, gosh, what's the guy, Cryptomundo, um, out on the East Coast uh, with a big beard that has the cryptozoology museum. Anyway, he, so he uh, he worked for both these cats. So he's extremely interested in the paranormal. And so he's a perfect fit to be Daryl's neighbor. And we're like, dude, you got to swing by sometime. <laughs> well, he, he pulls into the gravel drive right after Daryl hears this pop sound. And I've, you know, if anybody's listened to the story here, they've heard me talk about these objects of significance that show up. They're not just random objects for the most part. They're like related to something you've talked about or something yeah. unique, unique that you've uh, thought thought about. And so getting back to my Jeep, it's parked right outside. It's outside of the uh, preview of where we're sitting in this locked garage. The trunk's wide open. Well, I'm pretty, you know, I'm tidy. We'll put it that way. I like to have things in in a certain order. And, you know, I want to keep my Jeep nice. So I have this World War II olive drab wool blanket that I usually just kind of lay out in a rectangle in the trunk when I set, you know, boxes or my boots out there. And it's just laying out there flat because I have all the stuff brought out of the trunk inside the garage. So as Wren's pulling up to the drive, basically to hang out for the first time, we walk out of the garage port to meet him. And as I'm walking out to say hi to the guy, Daryl's behind me. And I look to my left and I see something on this olive drab blanket. And it is a World War II rusted trench can opener sitting in the middle. Oh, of. The right.
2: Market. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: I mean that I, I you know, told Daryl, I said, I've got my camera out immediately started filming Daryl's reaction to what was happening. It all came flooding back to me, what the sound was, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, something somehow, some way had married an object to its home base, right? A world war two match of some kind. And, um, So that was the only time that I ever remember hearing a sound that was indicative of an apport occurring. So they're, they're, they're extremely quick. I mean, that's the only way to put it. Just like whatever happened was so quick that you couldn't really put any of it together. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was my uh, pop story.
1: Well, I, yeah, we'll have, more pop stories <laughs> sure.
0: this episode of app wars yeah. brought to you by pop tarts
2: yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness again yeah. i am i um, am i'm uh, drinking yellow snow so anything i say <laughs> <laughs> at this point here is You know, Uh,
1: I just put that one down and go on.
0: (laughs) We, we need to name this like strange bro after dark, just so people know we're not accountable. (laughs) Uh, Oh, well. So my, my hope was, is that, uh, you know, you would, uh, come to the show with uh, your own unique take on things, which I know you're doing, uh, you know, each and every time you go on any podcast, but um, you have some really unique cases going on up North that nobody really knows about. I mean, all we really know about the paranormal connected to Canada is what we've heard from David Pilates and uh, you know, the highway of tears and of course, Todd standing and, um, I mean, there's a lot going on there and you're kind of connected. I rarely
1: hear, you know, I, you know, I soak up paranormal, paranormal podcasts. Like I, I eat them up,
2: but but I rarely
1: hear like Canadian content. So I'm all into that. And man, since I've uh, like, holy cow, like in the past two years, I've soaked up so many stories. Mm -hmm. I got so many contacts and I'm just like, I'm, I'm ready to like get this going.
2: Yeah. Yeah. uh,
0: Yeah. Maybe what we can do is, uh, you know, we can work in some of these stories and cases or, you know, investigations that Alex is working on. And, um, you, is there anything that comes to mind right now that you think that would, uh, Pull the the Western and global audience uh, towards uh, towards the uh, speaker a little bit more. What what have you heard lately?
1: What have I heard lately? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have heard the best Sasquatch story I've ever heard since I got to Quadra Island, and it was very interesting because it is in direct connection with the sasquatch that I actually built on Sas- Quadra island out of out of driftwood um, but holy cow that one just like shivers up, 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 up absolute shivers with what I was telling me. um as well like i I've recently connected with a with a, a friend and we became best friends and she has the most amazing stories about a possible like, skin twin town uh, in Canada. Um, uh, she called it the Black Mountain. She lived under the, the Black Mountain. Um, yeah, shadow beings, uh, strange things in the woods, uh, dogs, uh, you know, big black dogs, uh, all sorts of shit. So, yeah, there's. I got a lot.
0: <laughs> well, these people that um, are... Are they willing to go on the record, Alex? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. They are. Yeah. Okay, and
0: yeah. you've been. You've yeah, been I've, asked, of, I've asked them. Yeah, you've been thinking of doing um, a live event too, right? Like uh, meeting up at a yeah uh, local uh, totally. brew house.
1: Totally, uh, we've got the Harriet uh, Day in here on Quadra Island. Uh, it's reportedly uh, very haunted, and I've heard uh first-hand stories of uh some really weird shit happening there and this is from good trusted friends um mm-hmm. and i know they do paranormal events there um like ghost investigations i'm not i'm not down with that but i am totally down with just sitting in the pub and mm-hmm. listening to people's stories so yeah uh i'd like to get that going um you know, maybe once or twice a month. Mm-hmm. Uh it's a pretty small population on Quadra here, so I don't know how many stories I can get, but uh you know. Uh it's it just sounds like good fun anyways. And and just a good uh good chance to meet people mm-hmm. uh and hear, hear some hear some great stories and here's some cool encounters. You know, I, I know people I know people have got them. Got them. They just you know, they don't have an avenue. So I'd I'd love to uh, mm-hmm. have have a platform for people the people to share those stories because I know how hard it is to find uh, find a platform to to tell them uh, especially like a non-judgmental open platform.
0: Right, uh, yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, now, could, describe Quadra Island because it sounds like a mythical realm and you know lord it is it's
1: a total Mm -hmm. mythical realm it's absolutely mythical i love it here (laughs) for one it's kind of driftwood sasquatch so there you go Mm -hmm. um yeah Quadra island uh it's not a, a small small island uh compared to vancouver island um but uh it's just off the east coast of uh i guess uh midway up uh um Vancouver Island, just off of Campbell River. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, part of a, uh, quite a few uh, set of, um, of coastal islands here. Um, mm-hmm. It is, it's fantastic. Like I found, I dr- literally drifted over here. Um, I got rid of, in May, I got rid of 95% of my shit. I just said, screw it. I don't care where I end up and I was in, I was in Oyster river. This is South of Campbell river at the time. I was, I don't care where I end up. And I ended up here and like found a great community. Um, I'm just mm-hmm. totally jiving with everybody and there are some, there are some quirky folks just like me. Um, <laughs> there's, a lot of char- there's a lot of characters here and I just mm-hmm. love it. Uh, yeah. It's a, it's a great community. It's a great place to be and absolutely beautiful.
2: Like, I li-
1: I spent the whole summer watching whales on the beach. Like every every morning I'd just like go down with my coffee and just watch humpback whales. Like, come on, really? Yeah. yeah mythical. I, I will describe it as a mythical place.
0: It sounds mythical. You have humpback yeah. whales. Do you have uh, killer whales?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah for yep. whales orca is all, you know all the wildlife yeah yeah and, and we and some weirder stuff as well <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah yeah
0: we have orca whales out here too i haven't seen them yet I, I maybe just miss them i catch the ferry once in a while to transit between yeah. uh, the kitsap peninsula and seattle but uh, apparently they're out here and um I mean, they're incredible animals. I, I look forward to oh. seeing them out in the wild because they, they in themselves are very mythical. I don't even know if there's a yeah. reported case of a killer whale hurting another human. Um,
1: I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't uh, know. Only in, only in captivity. Okay. Only in captivity. And I totally understand that.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's you justified.
1: Can't, can't put in, that's totally justified.
0: Yeah. What is that yeah. documentary? In the, bl- in the wild...
1: In yeah. the wild, absolutely no document no documented cases of a killer
2: whale kill
1: mm-hmm. a human. Well, right. yeah.
0: I think that documentary is called Black Finn. It kind of moves the yeah. sea world into uh, getting rid of their, their uh, yeah. orca whales in ki- captivity. Let me uh, ask you about this documentary, um, Hellier. Uh, have you watched any of okay, yeah. um, H- Hellier part one or two?
1: I did watch part one. I haven't gotten to part two yet, but I've uh, I've heard some things. Okay. About part two.
0: So it starts yeah. off Have pretty. You watched st- part two? Right. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I think I'm in like uh, episode eight of part two, and it's a, it's a slow, uh, it's a slow, you know, beat uh, from one to seven. Yeah. By episode seven and a half, on to eight, things get pretty interesting, and they bring up the, um, concept of pan, right? This, um, Mm -hmm. horned, uh, hooved man goat or man deer or man stag element also, you know, also, uh, blending in with, uh, you know, any kind of earthly elemental, including the green man. And Mm -hmm. we've had some synchronicities here on the property regarding, um, something like that to the point where i it was really the first time that it ever happened and um i won't get into all the details because it's it's one of those synchronicity personal moments where it's asking you to pay attention but it seems Uh like the element of pan is something certainly in hellier they're looking down that road and um of course eventually in the Western world, Pan turns into the devil, right? It's the horned goat right. man, right? Yeah. The Baphomet. So yeah. have you ever ran into that at all in your own research? Do they have an issue with Pan out in Quadra Island?
1: Uh, my own personal research? No, I have not. But uh, you know what? It's I might be looking at that in the future because I just got a commission from my landlord to do a green man, uh, sculpture on the property. So there might be, I don't know,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: be some sigil work going there and maybe we'll see something.
0: What about when you're creating something, Alex, since you're an artist, um, do you ever find the activity amps up when you're using your hands especially with nature, do you find the creative process amps up a paranormal interaction of some kind?
1: I think, you know what, it's uh, it's gotta be with the right intent. Because a lot of my commissions, I just, like, I gotta get them done, right? it's, It's a job, it's a career. So yes, I'm doing creative work, but uh, I'm just like focusing on getting it done, getting it done, getting it done. Right. Um, But with the one, um, and that's for commission work. So with commission work, I don't find that. But with um, personal work is where I find that. Um, Especially, I mean, uh, the last obvious uh, example is the Sasquatch uh that i built um like prior to the sasquatch we went out to hope and and had the whole apple experience uh which was very very like playful and innocuous it was just like Mm -hmm. didn't know really what to think of it uh but it gave me the inspiration to actually build a sasquatch so and then you know, we we uh built a sasquatch and we had to go back out there again and yeah we had some very sasquatchy type experiences so yeah uh yeah, no. i am looking i'm looking forward to uh like doing more of my own creative work in 2020 um uh, my own personal work uh that uh yeah and the, i i know that uh when i when i actually put my heart and soul and passion and uh Creative um, drive into these works, and then, then things will happen. Right. What What year did you start
0: uh, building your your own biggie? What What? How long did that take you, and when did, when did you finish?
1: Oh, uh, that was just last year, October. Okay. Um, yeah. So it wasn't too long ago.
0: So it was around Uh, October,
1: 2018. yeah, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Me and a friend, uh, just went out there. Uh, well, actually Colin, the, uh, the guy in the Hope Encounter, uh, my friend, uh, we went out there, busted our ass for four days, 10 hours a day and, uh, built the Sasquatch. So, yeah yeah
0: you built well you finished
1: awesome, awesome experience.
0: yeah you finished him around the same time I finished biggie, and one of the theories yeah. I always yeah. had was there was something um building something an effigy that maybe was an attractant, you know it was a little bit like uh. <laughs> Lathering the rootstock with peanut butter, and it mm-hmm. brought brought mm-hmm. in something. I don't know how you feel about that, but ah,
1: uh, uh, yes, yes. Uh-huh. Well, okay, yeah. I do have an extended, sto- extended story about this, but I will I will do a shortened version. When we came out in October to uh, to the site where we wanted to build the Sasquatch, we asked the uh, property manager uh Whether we could do it or not, whether we had permission, and he's like, "Oh, what do you want to build?" And he was like, "He was like, oh, we want to build a Sasquatch out on the out on the out on the beach." There, he's like, "All right, well, as long as you did not bring them here." And we thought it was just kind of a joke, you know, or I did, anyways. Right, I'm right. Like, oh yeah, and I was like, ha ha, yeah, no, no, we're not gonna bring them here. Anyways, <laughs> turns out, yeah, that he you know, the property manager is the guy who had this like insane experience years ago and he was dead fricking serious. Don't bring them here. So yeah. <laughs> wow, and did you? Do you feel like you did? Uh well yeah while I was while I was living out there I certainly I had a few little experiences, you know I would wake up at four in the morning mm-hmm. um, to yeah wood knocks i gotta say wood knocks i i i I really always wanted to say oh it's just a, it's just someone chopping wood, mm-hmm. but really, I was the only one in the area I really do I was the only one in the area. And this is like acres and acres and acres and it was coming from that that direction. I was like, ah, oh, what? No. Nobody chopping wood up there I'm the only one here. Um, and then yeah, I would do little gifts uh mm-hmm. on the site and get some interesting gifts in return. Woke up one morning to my car door being or my truck door being slammed. Mm-hmm. And uh a little rock being uh, placed in there uh, that I know wasn't there before. Uh, So yeah, no, no tromping through the, through the, through the uh, campsite or anything, but uh, right. Or, or smells or yells or, or whatever, but uh, I I really don't, I want to respect, I want to respect a guy. I don't want to, I don't want to bring, I don't want to bring them there. I'm okay with, (laughs) I'm okay with it yeah. on this property where yeah. I am now, Yeah. but I really yeah. want to respect the property manager. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I don't want to, you know, let's not bring them there because, yeah, you you've got a job, you've got, you, I I know if, I know if they show up there, you're just gonna you're gonna go, and uh, life's gonna change for you. So I I, I really respect respected that, and yeah, like, okay, let's just cut shut it down over there we'll bring it over here so it it <laughs> seems to have been followed me over here so that's fine yeah uh,
0: there well there seems to be something to the fact that it follows you around but i mean you heard it here first folks if you want to have an experience build one of these little guys uh yourself um you know i've had uh some people say you know I I lack credibility because I'm building a statue of Bigfoot. So therefore I must be into tricking the public. But when you're transparent about being an artist and, you know, building your own little monster workshop to build your version of them, I think when you do it with TLC, there's something going on, especially if you're near the tree line to where they will kind of come in and inspect your work and, you know I'm sure most of the time they're laughing at my version uh, of what's going on with uh you know what they what they may look like, but um, I think there might be something
2: there Mhm mm-hmm.
1: yeah yeah I'm really looking forward to uh you know either you coming up here or me heading down there and uh, and doing the art in the woods thing that we talked about.
0: Yeah, uh, we have we have a couple of things we've uh, been talking about. Not only that, but uh we're talking about maybe um checking out uh, some Osman territory.
2: Mm-hmm. hmm
1: Yeah, yeah. On the trail of Albert Osman. I had no idea until I until I heard uh well, I think I heard yeah, Ron Moorhead talk about it. Right on uh on one of your on one of your man Risa Castle episodes. I was like, hey, what? I'm like and then a boat ride from where Albert Osman had his experience. <laughs> okay, well I gotta check that out. Obviously. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. 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 So we got that in the works, and um, you'll uh, keep uh, collecting some stories here. Now you've told us a couple of uh, Cliff Notes version of of what you got in your back pocket, but um, in the future, in twenty twenty, uh, we'll just have you on whenever you're available and um, we'll just have them as our uh, Canadian special strange brew episodes. And, um, you know, we can even play the Canadian national anthem for you if you like, before you speak, uh, if you like, I, mean, uh, I, I could stand, I could, I could stand and put my hand on my maybe, heart.
1: <laughs> <laughs> maybe in the great White North.
0: Uh, okay. Okay. Got you. Okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, okay. I'll do something unique with that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Sounds good, man. No, I'm yeah, yeah totally happy. Oh,
0: well, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to turn up the saloon music here. Okay, nice. Alex, dude, um it was good talking to you and um yeah, you we too. We'll be yeah. uh we'll be working together here in the future and uh thanks for Staying up late and uh, gosh, I got all this yellow snow to finish here.
1: And, and... <laughs> Just thinking about that. <laughs> yeah, have fun with that. Erin doesn't drink beer; she doesn't want it.
0: No, she she obviously will not be drinking my yellow snow anytime soon. So,
1: <laughs> all right, well, uh, maybe maybe go gift it outside on the altar.
0: Right? Okay, there you go. All right,
1: think of it. <laughs> all right, man.
0: Have a good night, go. man.
1: Yeah, you
0: too uh, Alright, Bye. right, that was the show Thank you again for listening We will be back each and every week You can find us here Sunday Night or Monday morning We usually upload by Monday morning once a week And again our live events If you would like to be a guest on the show Shoot me an email at strangebrowradio At gmail.com And I would love to book you Tell me all your kooky encounters here and maybe we can crack some yellow snow together. We have emails that come in once in a while. Sometimes people like to be anonymous. But this gal said I could read her full name, so brave one, Annette Smith. Here I go. Hey, Tobe, I wanted to tell you about an encounter when I was four years old. We lived in a house that was in a large city, but in 1969 it wasn't developed like it is now. The incidents took place... In the fall after school and all summer long my older brother and I and sister in the neighborhood kid would play in a fort that was in the backyard of the house that was the house down the way. This fort was a two-story fort with ladders to get up to the second level. On this day my parents were finishing up packing with a couple of friends of theirs. My parents had explained to me we were moving. I really wanted to see the fort one last time, so I walked out to the back door and went to the fort. I walked up to the fort, but being so short, I wasn't looking up, so when I got right next to the fort, I looked up and shook my head when I saw five hair-covered beings. I was shocked and stunned. Two of them were between five to six feet tall. The other two were between three to four and a half feet tall all covered with four to five inches of light reddish-brown hair. Their shoulder would no, uh, Their shoulder was not broad, but more the size of a small human. I have a hard time remembering their eyes, except they were strange. There seems to be missing time for me because the next thing I remember is being on the sidewalk and walking back to the house. I remember the feeling like, To the whole world around me, it seemed super large. When I got to my house, I walked into the house nervously because I didn't know who my parents were. My dad swooped me up and set me on the fire hearth. My mom gave me that loving smile. I was grateful they were my parents. After that, we moved. I know that these beings were not family, but instead they hung out together. That's what I sensed, at least. I'd always thought that they were some kind of alien because of the missing time element, and uh, I was acting very odd afterwards. I wonder now if they were juvenile Sasquatches, and maybe they had been aware of us all summer long, and when everyone went to school, they were checking out the fort. Maybe infrasound was what caused me uh, all these strange feelings, and the missing time. Anyways... I want to tell you, for so long it's made me feel ashamed, made me feel crazy. It's changed my life. Well, Annette, don't feel crazy, don't feel ashamed. You're in good company. And, um, you know, these stories here, I said kooky in the beginning. Kooky as in, well, I guess we're all kind of kooky when so many of us experience these stories. Now, you may feel kooky because you have the... Uh, the fortitude to talk about it but that makes you brave in my eyes so bravo Annette and anybody else she kind of threw the gauntlet down shoot me an email just like Annette did at strangebrowradio at gmail.com I'd be happy to read it and um, like I said if you want to be a guest you can do that as well All right, that's the end of the show happy new year I hope to see you guys as I said at uh, Manresa Castle coming up. If you can't, you can find us at patreon.com forward slash strangebrowradio and um, thank you again. Alright, that's the show. I will see you in the trees.